0: hello and welcome to this is modern rock the podcast that takes a look back at the modern rock charts one month at a time i'm will westerkow and i'm joined today by my frequent co-host orly hello hello (laughs) how are you
1: i'm doing pretty well how are you uh hanging in there yeah
0: i don't have coronavirus (laughs) so (laughs) yeah other than quarantine what's new
1: A lot of time hanging out with the family. (laughs) (laughs) The family. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my kids are adorable, so very sweet. But there's
0: only so much adorable one can take, right?
1: Yeah, it's over the top at all times.
0: Listening to any modern rock?
1: Well, you know, I have such a one-track mind. Uh, The Strokes have a new album out, and they were, like, teasing some singles. I was listening to that. Nice. Loving it. I got to see them right as this pandemic was hitting, like- Oh, that's
0: right. Yeah, you were going to Vancouver to see the <laughs> yeah. strokes. That's right. How was that?
1: It was great. It was fantastic. And then I went and saw him in Seattle and people in Seattle were already like wearing masks. Uh-huh. And then the day I came home from my trip, they're like, we're canceling everything in Seattle. And I was like, ooh, dang, I made it under yeah. the wire. Wow, just
0: in time. <laughs> Enough about 2020. Right. Yeah. 2020 is no good. Why don't we go back to a happier time, a simpler time? June of 1991.
1: Wasn't George Bush president? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the first.
0: Yeah. It George the first. There was a lot going on in the world. Yeah, it was not great yeah. then either. Let's um, be real. But you know what? It wasn't all bad back in June of 1991 because City Slickers and Robin Hood Prince of Thieves were top in the box office.
1: Those movies, I never understood Why?
0: I wasn't allowed to see them. So as an 11-year-old. You weren't missing
1: anything. Mm. Snooze. Really?
0: I feel like City Slickers, I still have never seen. But I feel like it, shouldn't it be funny? Is it not funny?
1: It wasn't to me as a kid. Like, mm. I saw it when it came out on video. Yeah. Like, originally, that's when I saw it. Are you sure like, you're not a new thinking release?
0: of City Slickers 2, The Legend no. of Curly's Gold?
1: No. and I saw them both. That one was worse <laughs> for sure. I only saw that one once. I saw the first one more than once.
0: Yeah. What about City Slickers 3, City Slickers yeah. in the City? There's
1: no way. <laughs> there's no way
0: yeah and then robin hood prince of thieves like what was that kevin costner's like i'm 45 i'm robin hood so
1: boring what was that i was so bored and then like maybe like 23 percent of the movie he's trying to do a british accent and Uh the rest he's not really so you're like okay interesting choice let's go one way or the other yeah See, (laughs) still
0: still never seen this movie it looked like it was hot was it not hot
1: I thought those people were so old. Maybe mm. I think it's hot now. Was like, it Christian
0: Slater in it though? He was.
1: I don't know. It's that lady that has a bunch of first names or last names okay. who played Maid yeah. Mary. And they she's, might have been middle names. They might be. Yeah, she's got a bunch of names. Is
0: it Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio?
1: Yeah, Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. Yeah, that's the one. Jeez.
0: I did not say Master Antonio. It's one name. Master Antonio oh
1: that's why I thought she had so many names I thought it it's was just a Master really long... Antonio yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be like the worst last name
1: right oh my gosh see that's yeah. amazing that's just like I've the never name that a slave term. owner gives his
0: slaves he's like and your last name shall be Master Antonio <laughs> oh after God. me Antonio <laughs> what a nightmare
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay well, here's the problem I never liked Kevin Costner. I'm just going to say it. He just rubbed me the wrong way. He came off as like Christian to me. (laughs) (laughs) Then he's out. No, just like, I don't want someone to try to get me up early for church. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So I never liked him. And I just thought his acting is always weird. He's so boring. I don't think I've ever finished
0: a movie with him. Shall we talk about some music? Please. Coming into June of 1991, the number one song is still Elvis Costello's The Other Side of Summer. We heard that last episode. It's going to stay on the top spot for another three weeks in June. And in the fourth week of June, we have a new number one. Mm. And the band is called Electronic.
1: It's a pretty generic sounding name. That is
0: a very, a very generic sounding name for sure. Electronic. They were formed in 1989 by Bernard Sumner of Joy Division and New Order. Okay. And Johnny Marr of the Smiths mm-hmm. and later Modest Mouse and the Cribs. Wait, Got- he's
1: in those bands? Yeah. He just joined all the bands?
0: Yeah, he joined all the bands. Yeah, I mean, you know, you stop doing the Smiths, you do some solo work... Put out an album over here with the and electronic. And then he's like,
1: "Hey, I like you guys. Can I join your band?" And they're like, "Uh, please." No, I think
0: Modest Mouse reached out to him. I think they were like, "Hey, Johnny Marr, you're not up to anything. I mean, Smith's folded a while ago. Like, come join our band." He's like, "Cool, sounds good. Moving to Portland." What? Yeah.
1: Is that why he just like showed up on stage at Pearl Jam when they played here? Probably. Because he was like in Portland.
0: Yeah, probably so.
1: Got it.
0: All right, so, like, these are big names, right? This is some serious songwriting modern rock muscle right here.
1: All right, yeah, these guys sound like they had some potential.
0: Yeah, initially the band started as a Sumner solo project. And by the way, I said Bernard. Should I be saying Bernard? Bernard? I don't know, he's English. I'd say so Bernard. 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 Yeah, I don't know.
1: It depends. I don't know his region. Manchester. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not what's that the, good with What's that the accents.
0: Mancunian pronunciation no of Bernard?
1: I told you I only got really into Lincolnshire. <laughs> <laughs> You've
0: been practicing your the regional...
1: Yorkshire. Yorkshire. <laughs> Dialect.
0: All right. So this was a a Sumner solo project. He was interested in pursuing some synth programming and he was into Italian house music and the rest of New Order were not as into it as he was, I guess. Also, and I've been trying to figure out the timeline on this because it doesn't seem to quite fit, but I read that he was heavily influenced by Technotronic, as in Pump Up the Jam. (laughs)
1: Wait, so you think that there's no way that he was influenced? It just seems really weird to me
0: hearing Pump Up The Jam and going like, Ooh, I'm inspired. I'm a member of New Order, but I want to make something that sounds like that. Oh, uh,
1: what? Does it sound like that? Well,
0: you'll find out. All right, yeah. yeah. So... After trying to work solo for a while, Sumner found out that he didn't like working alone. So he recruited Johnny Mm Marr, who, you know, at this point was out of the Smiths. And Mm
1: -hmm. was like a famously great songwriting musician.
0: It it is interesting, though, because Johnny Marr is known for being a great guitarist. And this is a project which is, as the name of the band suggests, largely an an electronic Electronic. band.
1: Seems like not a great use of his skill set.
0: Right. But I guess he was maybe a little tired of playing guitar and wanted to branch out and try something new.
1: So is he programming or is he playing synth?
0: Well, we're going to hear
1: a little Johnny Marr guitar on this
0: track, but I think he was, for the majority of songs, he's not playing a lot of guitar. Mm -hmm. I think it's more programmed stuff. In 1989, they -hmm. released the single Getting Away With It. This was a successful single. It even reached the top 40 in the United States. 18 months later, they finally released a proper album. And we're going to hear the lead single, Get the Message.
1: Let's hear it already.
0: It went to number one on the modern rock charts. It stayed there for two weeks in June of 1991. So, this is
1: the only number one song in June.
0: This is the only new number one in June. Right. Because we
1: already heard the other one. Yep. Yeah.
0: All right. So, let's listen to it. Here it is Get the Message by Electronic.
1: I don't know what's. Initially, I would say I liked that. I think I generally like this too. I feel
0: like I have to appraise it on a different scale than I would appraise something that was not like a one-off side project maybe. well that's
1: the thing too because you're like well you guys are like two really talented people so I'm gonna ha- hold you to a higher standard already because I know what you're capable of right like if I was gonna <laughs> stack
0: this up against New Order's best work or The Smith's best work right then I would say no this is not a fantastic song I'm like, not sure it would even make the greatest hits of sure. those other bands if I don't do that though if I just put it against like all the other stuff that's on the modern rock charts yes. at the same time you're like
1: this is pretty good sure I
0: mean there's like 20 songs that peaked on the modern rock charts in June of 19. Right. And honestly, this is one of the best songs yeah. during the month for sure. I mean, it's catchy. Yes. Like I would say the vocal melody, there's not a lot of range. I feel like he's only singing about five different notes there. Yes. But it gets into your brain pretty quickly. You yes. Know? Yeah. I
1: agree. I thought the song was overall enjoyable. I liked how it was layered when it built on each other. I liked the changes. I thought it was dynamic. That mm. was fun. I like that you can hear the lyrics and you could almost sing along with it by the time I got to the next verse. Right. You know, which is great. But the problem with a song like that is that it's repetitive and it got a little boring.
0: It's five minutes plus. Sure. Yeah, too long. Mm-hmm.
1: Like this is a three minute song, in my opinion. I noticed, and this is in a lot of songs, when there's a male lead singer and mm-hmm. he's singing his thing. And I feel like at the end, to like take it up a notch and make it more exciting, they bring in like a choir or like some oh, black yeah. ladies. Oh, we've
0: heard that for sure a lot. All the time. Yep.
1: And I think it's kind of weird. Like, they're like, I can't make this song exciting enough on my own Uh with my boring voice. I'm not saying you're boring. Bringing the black ladies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you're like, here's your background points for really being the best part of this song.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I mean,
1: it is kind of weird that that's a thing. It's a trope. Yeah. And I'm just acknowledging it.
0: Sure. Yeah, Absolutely. Do you feel like he um, said the word sin too many times?
1: He said it a lot. Yeah. Living in sin, living in sin, sin. Yeah. We were living in sin.
0: There's got to be some other things that rhyme with begin.
1: I feel like you rhymed sin with sin. Yeah, he might have. It's just not one of my favorite words anyway.
0: Too religious. Yeah. So you're saying Sumner should go hang out with Kevin Costner.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Okay.
0: <laughs> Started a new side project. <laughs> I'll bet Costner plays the guitar.
1: I'm sure he does.
0: All right, so Electronic, this was their biggest hit on the modern rock charts, but they would reach the modern rock top 10 one more time in 1992 with the song Disappointed, which was a team up with Neil Tennant from the Pet Shop Boys and was <laughs> featured on the soundtrack to the film
1: Cool World. Ooh, that movie was also not good. I missed that one too. I wanted to see that one so, so bad. Me too. Yeah. It's just like it had that beautiful cartoon mm-hmm. and Brad Pitt and everyone's so beautiful. And I was like, I'll watch Brad Pitt bang a cartoon. Sure.
0: <laughs> sure. Not supposed to be a good movie, though. I No, it was not good. No. Here's maybe the weirdest fact about this song. Mm-hmm. Johnny Marr has repeatedly referred to Get the Message as the song he's most proud of writing. And I quote, the best song of my career
1: wow yeah it's just that weird stuff when people are not self-aware i guess i mean do you know what i mean it's just
0: if you listen to his guitar work in get the message it's fine you know it sounds
1: cool it sounds nice Mm -hmm. but it's
0: just it really is just some strumming Strumming. and if you (laughs) oh my his his guitar playing in so many smith songs just blows me away it's just so incredible it's really hard for me to understand how he could feel this way
1: you know it's it's fine the song is just fine yeah it's fine yeah, now, pretty was,
0: good. On the, So we got Johnny Marr saying best song he's ever written. Melody Maker reviewed it as, and I quote, like watching a pony chew on a carrot for half an hour. Oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I get that. You know, it's like, it's boring and too
0: cute. I just thought of it as being like, watching paint dry but you're right watching a pony chew a carrot would it's actually cute. be sort of entertaining for a little while yeah,
1: for yeah. A little, it is that's what they're saying they're saying oh it's cute for like a minute yeah so like <laughs> yeah if, if this
0: was a three-minute song like that pony would be all right
1: yes but they're saying i don't want the full unabridged version of this carrot eating sure
0: yeah <laughs> have you ever had those carrots we're just like chewing and chewing and chewing it's like why won't this break down
1: it's just fiber pure yeah fiber yeah
0: It's good for you. That's what Get the Message is. It's a nutritious carrot.
1: Too much, though. You're like, I'm chewing this for too long.
0: So the next song we're going to listen to is one of the biggest modern rock bands of the era, R.E.M. Mm
1: -hmm. I feel like we've heard a lot of R.E.M. We've
0: heard a lot of R.E.M., and you know what? I'm okay with that. Uh I love me some R.E.M., Hell yeah, dude. Last time we heard from them on the charts, we were listening to the lead single from their seventh album, Out of Time. Mm-hmm. And that song was their massive hit, Losing My Religion. Mm-hmm. This time we're going to hear a song that was never actually released as a single. Okay. And yet it somehow managed to reach number four on the modern rock charts. The song's called Tex Arcana. Okay. This song is unusual not just for being a non single. But also because this one was written and sung by R.E.M.'s bassist, Mike Mills.
1: Oh, uh-huh.
0: I think most listeners probably know the lead singer for R.E.M. is Michael Stipe. Right. And he sings almost all of their songs. I didn't know anyone else sang. Mike Mills had had, I think, at least one more lead vocal that he did prior to this. I
1: am, I am, I am I guess I didn't know that he sang that.
0: I didn't realize that he was singing it either Mm -hmm. until I read about it somewhere. And then I'm like, really? That's not Michael Stipe? And then I listened to it really carefully. And I'm like, no, I guess it's not. It's someone who's kind of singing in a Michael Stipe-ish style. Mm -hmm. And we hear this regularly with bands where like some other singer comes mm-hmm. in and sings like one or two songs and, and you're like does that sound the same well when we you know when we did the Cassick episode at oh, the, beginning of yeah. the season, a lot of people didn't know that ben Orr actually sang a whole bunch of songs just
1: what i needed
0: although once you know you can pick it out
1: my mind was blown
0: kind of similar thing we're gonna listen to Texarkana. listen to it this is not michael stipe singing this is mike okay. mills
1: they're both michael's that's true. So therefore, they must, they they must have some, sing similarly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just gives you uh, the same voice as all the other Michaels.
0: I should also point out, though, that Mike Mills actually got to sing two songs on this album. And they're, I think, two of the better songs from the album. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, Losing My Religion is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But one of my very favorite R.E.M. songs is a song called Near Wild Heaven. And that's the other one that Mike Mills got to sing lead on. Interesting. And that was released as a single in the U.K., for some reason, I have no idea why it was not released as a single over here. Hmm. I think it would have done better than Texarkana. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's just a really good song. Hmm. It's pretty incredible. I wish we could play it. It's not going to chart because it mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't released. So instead, we're going to listen to Texarkana. Still a fine song, mm-hmm. which hit number four on the modern rock charts. Here it is.
1: I enjoyed that one. Yeah, me too. I hear it so differently as an adult mm-hmm, A bit than I did when I was, you 11. know, not 11. I didn't hear it when I was 11, but oh, I, it was sure. still on alternative radio when I was listening to alternative radio. So mid nineties, later nineties, w- were still playing tons of REM. Yeah. But they always seemed too old and square for me. Mm-hmm. Everything I liked had a little bit more of like a metal edge. Mm-hmm. So this was just not going to work for me. Right. There was no like sexy hair, and I mean these guys are not cute. Slide
0: guitar and <laughs> strings, like that's not exactly what what a teenager wants to hear.
1: No, and I and now I'm listening to it. It's beautiful. It
0: is. It really is. It's yeah,
1: beautiful.
0: Yeah. It sounds to me like it's almost a lead-in to their next album Mm. in a certain way, Mm -hmm. right? I think that this era, like Green and Out of Time, I think most people when they think of that era of REM, they think of these big poppy songs, Stand uh and Shiny Happy People, and even Losing My Religion, even though that's kind of like a minor key, whatever, still it's still very much a pop song. Their their next album, Automatic For The People, they had big hits off of that, but sure. it's it feels very different. It feels more moody and contemplative yeah, and more political. strings and, yeah. you know, so this feels to me like it's leading in that direction. Sure, I could see that. Yeah,
1: It's also interesting because it doesn't really have a chorus. Mm-hmm. Like some really, really great songs, they have an instrumental chorus. And that feeling of wanting that chorus payoff is so strange because I hear it and I, it's like it tricks me every time. Yeah. Maybe this time. Maybe this time I'll get it. Sure. And they don't.
0: I mean, this has something. Would you say that's like a pre-chorus and then there's just like a little bass hit and a, an instrumental bit? Yeah,
1: it's catch me if I fall. do 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 Bum-bum-bum-bum. Yeah. Musically. And you're like, oh, you're giving me that. Okay. Okay. It's good. It's not bad. But it's like a roller coaster and you get let down a uh-huh. little bit. Sure. But – you do have that feeling of wanting more, which is kind of cool to create that tension. Mm-hmm. And I think that tension is living through that song.
0: Yeah, now did you catch Michael Stipe coming in on yes. back vocals? Yes,
1: and then I could tell the difference. Exactly, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: but am I right? Mike Mills is singing in a, in a Michael Stipe-ish sort of voice. Absolutely. Yes, okay, I'm not crazy.
1: He's like, well, the only band I listen to is R.E.M., so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. Like you're listening,
0: live you're, you're hearing one singer. <laughs> thousands of times more than you're hearing any other singer yeah
1: <laughs> what what band is most influential to you you're like me us of course. yeah
0: <laughs> this guy right over here so one thing that i always wondered is why is this song called Texarkana? like you he listen to the lyrics either, he never right? says Texarkana. arcana i guess you could say the mood kind of feels like you're out in the texas arkansas sure. sort of area of the country maybe i guess you could get that vibe but the Answer to this riddle is that the title is a holdover from the original lyrics from the oh. demo version.
1: Wait, are you, it's Texarkana. Does that mean it's three states? It's, no, it's Kansas Texas, too. No, it's Texas,
0: Arkansas, and Arkansas is spelled R Kansas. What? It's Arkansas. Arkansas. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but I don't know what the prefix R means. It's like not. This is not Kansas. <laughs> it's over here We're
1: not Kansas
0: well, We knew that Because that's Kansas You didn't have to tell Look, us Look the
1: only thing You need to know about us <laughs> Yeah do you want to Listen to the demo
0: Hear what the song Could have sounded like Sure let's do it Okay we're just going to Hear a little bit of that Texarkana Demo When i Texarkana Where's that county line Another county line
1: I can only see What's in front of me? You're not here. I was enjoying it.
0: Yeah, no, it was good. It's basically got the right vibe. Yeah. Michael Stipe on the verses is singing what sounds to me like the harmony of the actual yeah. song.
1: Well, because we're used to hearing the other That's one. That's true. That's
0: true. So did you notice that in the demo version, we didn't get that little instrumental hook? Uh-huh. The, the string bit? You don't bit. get it. You get the bass hit, but you don't get that, like, kind of release of the string Yeah, the release. You need that. That's Mm -hmm. the chorus.
1: Yeah. That would be really upsetting.
0: I don't know. Good job, Mike Mills. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Nice work. You should be proud of yourself here.
1: And you know what? Our approval is what really matters. That's right.
0: I mean, (laughs) Mike Mills, he's just been sitting around feeling bad about himself.
1: He's also been waiting to be mentioned. He's, like, ticking them off every time. Hey, guys. I'm Mike Mills. (laughs) How come
0: Stipe gets all the credit?
1: The song rules dude uh, yeah it's
0: good and uh you know if you're not super familiar with this era of rem please go check out his other song near wild heaven i think you will love it
1: sounds like a really cool title that does not it's sound a, boring
0: no it's a good title it's a good song yeah the next band we're gonna hear from is a band called gang of four all right. Not to be mistaken for the political faction composed of four Chinese Communist Party officials.
1: I don't think anyone's making that. No? Okay. No. No, this Mistake. band was formed
0: in Leeds, UK in
1: 1976. Wow, 70s. 76. There are four members in this band.
0: You mean because of the name? Yeah. Yes, this this was a four-piece band. Okay, thank it, God. Not just a clever name. <laughs> <laughs> it was led by two primary people, though. This was John King the vocalist and Andy Gill, the guitarist, mm-hmm. they're like the main driving force behind the band. And the band put out a few albums, broke up in the 80s. And then after a seven-year hiatus, they got back together for 1991's Mall. Cool name. Ma- I mean, malls were big in 91. Huge. Yeah.
1: I loved going to the Where mall. Where
0: did you hang out? The mall. I,
1: it was really hard to hang out at the mall. It was far away, but I Me managed. Too. I managed sometimes.
0: So, John King died in 2012, and Andy Gill just died in February of 2020 to very little fanfare, at least over here in the U.S.
1: They just weren't famous enough to care about.
0: Sure, sure. But I just thought maybe we could do a little mini tribute to Gang of Four and play a few clips from a couple of their earlier songs Mm -hmm. just to show how great this band really was. Yeah. I'm going to start by playing a little clip from their debut single, which is called Damaged Goods. The first time i heard it i I was just blown away i had not Hmm. heard anything like this and um it still impresses me even Mm -hmm. though i've heard it hundreds of times so here it is gang of four's debut single damaged goods
1: cooler for having heard that sure but you know what it, there's a lot of songs
0: that are considered like super cool but they don't do anything for me they're just like right. too obtuse Dude, too out there too weird It's wound
1: is, up so tight it's
0: nervy and edgy and like it's like a yeah. loaded spring yeah 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 yeah
1: but it's interesting and it's fun i like all when all the different parts come in yeah so british sounding so
0: british In 1979, Gang of Four was scheduled to play their classic song, At Home, He's a Tourist, on Top of the Pops. Uh Uh-oh, what happened? They walked off the show because they had been asked to change Mm. a lyrical Mm. mention of the word rubbers to the word rubbish, and they refused. They said, we're not going to do that.
1: Wow. I mean, I get it. It's your art. Yeah. But then I'm like, it's funny either way. Like, say rubbish. People know it's rubbers, like uh-huh. wink, give a wink, sure. you know, and yeah. go forth and yeah. have well, everyone hear your song on Top of the pop. Sure. Or say
0: rubbish and like hold out some condoms and wave them around. Exactly. You know? And
1: then, then put one on your penis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. There's ways to get around this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Come I, out
1: with one on each finger.
0: That's right. You know, play guitar <laughs> with, with condoms on each of your fingers. Yeah. <laughs> In 1982, Gang of Four released a song called I Love a Man in Uniform. Okay. It was banned by the BBC due to controversy involving the Falklands War, which is not a war that I'm familiar with, but I guess that's something that uh, the Brits were up to at the time. You know about it. And I kind of wanted to play a clip from that too. So we're going to hear a brief clip from I Love a Man in Uniform. Okay. Here it is. This is a hugely influential band. They've been cited as a primary influence on R.E.M., hmm.
1: which that's not obvious, I would say. I mean, the first adjective that comes to mind when someone says R.E.M. to me would be melodic. Okay. And it's not Gang that, of Four. it's not the first. No. Yeah, no.
0: No. But this band has also been a primary influence on early Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. It's funky. Yeah, sure.
1: And...
0: Andy Gill from Gang of Four actually produced Chili Peppers' first album. Wow! Yep. And they were also a primary influence on early Nirvana. And Kurt Cobain cited Gang of Four's first album, Entertainment, as one of his top 20 albums of all time. Hmm. So R.E.M., Chili Peppers, Nirvana, like this is a huge list. These are like three of the biggest alternative bands of the 80s and 90s. -hmm. And all of them cited Gang of Four as a primary influence. That's huge. I would also say that I've never read any interviews where they stated this, but I would say clearly Franz Ferdinand is oh, a fan. Oh, for sure. I, it would be hard for me to imagine Franz Ferdinand existing without Gang of Four. Yes, I can hear that for they sure. They kind of took what they're doing and then added a poppier, hookier yeah. edge to it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, 1991, the album's called Mall. We're going to hear a song called Don't Fix What Ain't Broke. It hit number 14 on the modern rock charts. Here it is.
1: I in the night no, 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 no. I'm gonna the night uh, Don't fix what ain't broke
0: Don't fix what ain't broke
1: Yeah, I heard that a lot.
0: Yeah, that was, uh, I think, the primary message of the song.
1: (sighs) Loud and clear,
0: my friends. I mean, you can tell this is the same band, but it sounds very different than the early stuff.
1: I mean, before it seemed really raw and tight, Mm -hmm. a lot of tension. Yeah, And then this is like overproduced and kind of cheesy sounding to me. Sure. I did not love this song. It's grown on me a little bit, but I'm with
0: you. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not up to the standards of the early stuff. When it very first started, like some guitars kick in, I thought we were listening to Twisted Sister or something. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Once John King starts singing, you're like, okay, yes, Gang of Four. But um, Also, that guy
1: sings like
0: out of key a lot. There was a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. It's
1: painful. (laughs) Like when he finally got on the melody, I'm like, okay, phew. (laughs) <laughs> but like for a while, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's it's hard. It's hard to hear. Like to me, that's what was like standing out. I couldn't even listen.
0: Yeah. What is the, what's the thing that ain't broke that they don't want to fix?
1: I feel like it's sarcastic. Oh. Yeah.
0: So you're saying it was broke and he should fix it.
1: He should definitely fix it, but he doesn't want us to think that it needs fixing. Okay. I gotcha. He's not. He doesn't want to fix it because gotcha. it works for him as a broken thing.
0: Yeah. So speaking of broken things, we actually saw Gang of Four some years back. We did. Um, this was, I guess it was before 2012 because John King and Andy Gill were both still alive. Yeah. And um, they hauled a microwave oven out on stage. And uh, while singing one of the songs, they beat it mercilessly over yeah. and over, like in rhythm. The singer. Yeah. Um, until, I, I didn't think it was going to be possible. I thought, you know... What was he hitting it with? A bone? I can't i I'm, I'm, I'm picturing uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. Like, he picks up a bone and he's just like. The smashing mic stand? Stuff. Yeah, I can't remember.
1: I thought he was going to bust the mic stand. Yeah. Like, before the microwave gave. And then he, like, really got into it.
0: Yeah. And this microwave eventually just, like, fell apart. It was like, oh, it's made shattered. Out of like, it broke into tiny yeah. little bits and pieces.
1: It wasn't during this song. This
0: would be the perfect song. It would be, yeah. It would be the perfect song. I, you know, I can't remember. Okay, so yes, admittedly, not their best work. I don't hate it. You're not a fan. I, I
1: didn't s- say I hate it. I was just like the first two songs that we heard were so much better. Sure. That I'm like,
0: Mm-mm. So if you're not familiar, they've got some good music. Check it out.
1: Oh, I'm familiar. Track
0: down a copy of their <laughs> debut album. It's pretty great. Okay, we got one more band we're going to hear from. All right. This band is called the Poppin' Jays. Oh, right. Do you know what a poppin' Jay is?
1: Is it poppin'? <laughs> it's not a Pope and Jay?
0: There's not enough peas. It looks like Pope and Jays, but I think it's Pop and Jays. Well what is a Pop and Jay? A pop and Jay is a person who's both talkative and cocky, who struts around chattering like a parrot. Um, oh
1: pop and Jay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, they talk. The little Jays that talk. Mm-hmm.
0: So this band was formed by Wendy Robinson and Polly Hancock in London. It's ladies? Mm-hmm. You know, not all ladies, but the okay. the main driving force of the uh-huh. band is ladies. And they were formed maybe around 1988 or so. I couldn't find a precise okay. date. Um, but they were originally backed by a drum machine and then eventually became a four-piece band. Nice. One thing I thought was cool, though, in their off time while they were in this band, mm-hmm. Wendy and Polly also ran a hip London venue where they booked shows. Zang. So-, so they
1: popped themselves on stage. <laughs> I
0: would hope so. But, you know, they found all the cool bands coming to town and they booked them and got to meet them and, you know. Oh, yeah.
1: You could throw your name around all over the place. Yeah,
0: exactly. We're going to hear a song called Vote Elvis. It is a non-album single. Okay. And it reached number 17 on the Modern Rock Charts. Here we go. Vote Elvis.
1: Vote Elvis. I liked that. That was fun. Yeah. What'd you like about it? Um, I could sing it immediately. Mm-hmm. Na, 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 na. Mm-hmm. It's catchy. Yeah. I like ladies in rock. It was not too long. I liked her voice. I didn't understand what she was saying very well, but it was nice to hear. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. One thing that I found when
0: I was researching this band, this band got a lot of hate and I read numerous- Is their
1: terrible name?
0: <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't their name. Okay. I, I read a lot of reviews where people would refer to this as being like a joke band. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: And um, it's the name.
0: You think it's just the name?
1: I don't know. Pop and Jay. Like it's got to be more than that. I don't know why they would say that. Honestly. Sure. I mean, because there's women in a
0: band. I I don't get it from this song. Maybe if I listened to like their full albums, it would be clear why people feel that way. But this didn't sound to me like a joke band. It no. sounded like kind of paisley underground early bangles totally um i definitely got a touch of they might be giants melodicism in the chorus
1: i did too that's what i was thinking like maybe like how people think that dead milkmen or they might be giants are like joke bands Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't think i needed the male shouting voice in the middle of the song That was pointless
0: Interestingly though, that um was not a member of the band. That oh, good. The shouting in the middle of the song was the singer from the band Micro Disney, Kahu Coughlin. I read a an interview where they talked about their favorite albums and favorite bands. And one of the one of the ladies said she was really into Cocteau Twins. Okay. And that they got comparisons in their early shows, maybe because they were using a drum machine. Yes. Um, but the other member was really into Micro Disney and they might be giants. So mm. I think she's just a big fan. And they had the opportunity to actually play with micro Disney uh, and get to know them. And they became friends with them. Mm-hmm. So they invited this guy in to sing. That being said, he kind of ran. With I it. feel like he could have done something a little better than what he did here. That's for like sure. the low point of the song for me.
1: For sure. It is. It's like, what is he doing here? Yeah. So Pop and
0: Jays, they broke up in 1994 but they did reform in 2015 for oh my. a festival gig oh my. and they're still active somewhat.
1: Oh yeah. They're like, yeah. we're going to give this
0: another go. Yeah. So I don't know that they've uh, released new material necessarily, but not now, um, <laughs> you know, it's the perfect opportunity to record new material remotely. Yeah. In your home studio.
1: Yes. Which everybody has. Everybody right? has one. Yeah. All right. Ba, well. ba, 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 ba. See, I'm still singing <laughs> it. I like it a lot. It's good. June 1991. What'd yeah. you think? Pretty good. Yeah. It's so weird, like how long it feels transitional. Yes. I feel like since this podcast started, it's like the music felt transitional and yes. you're really hearing it move.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, R.E.M., they bridge that transition yeah. very nicely. But a lot of other stuff, it sounds distinctly like, Dated. Ooh, this is an 80s sounding yes. band and it's gonna be gone very soon. Yes. Some bands will hear them like, oh, this sounds like the future.
1: Right. and We know this because mm-hmm. we have hindsight, but oh, well, yes. Absolutely,
0: yeah. But it's not like the 90s came and then things were different. And it's not even going to be like Nirvana comes and things are different. It's taking years. And this transition is going to continue through 91 and 92 and even 93. Really watching
1: the trends. Yeah. Anything else we want to say? No, we're just all doing our thing, sheltering in place.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's right. Um, So all you listeners out there, be strong, keep quarantined. Keep your distance.
1: Wash your hands. <laughs> Wash
0: your hands. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, you've got some downtime, so why don't you um, listen to some Modern Rock? Yes. If you need some music to listen to while you're quarantined at home, I have made some Spotify playlists of all of the songs from this podcast.
1: How are they going to find it?
0: You could send me an email at thisismodernrock@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Ask me a question. Tell me some fun stories about how modern rock shaped your life. Correct me on some pronunciations. And I'll uh, i will uh, I'll send you some links to those playlists. You can hear the full versions of almost all of these songs. You can just go through from season one and hear everything we talk about. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, Orly.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, it's always a pleasure.
1: Likewise. Bye. Bye.